Welcome to the Leave Insert Guidance Podcast. My name is Dunnacall Mahoney, I'm a secondary school guidance counsellor and I also run the Leave Insert Guidance Instagram page. On today's episode, I'm joined by guidance counsellor Kira Campbell as we explore UCAS 2021. In this quick-fire question and answers, we explore deadlines, tuition fees, student finance, personal statements and lots more. Guidance counsellor Kira Campbell joins me now on the Leaving Cert Guidance podcast. Kira, you're very welcome on again. Thanks very much, Donica, for having me. So we're talking UCAS applications 2021 today, and I suppose we get straight into it. Kira, there's so many courses, like we're talking about over 30,000 courses available through UCAS, a huge amount of colleges in the UK. How does an Irish student narrow these down? Okay, well, I suppose, Donica, it's like, how would you narrow down a course, you know, for the CAO in Ireland? You need to know the area. Given the current, I suppose, pandemic in the world, we can't be going over there. So we have to think about locations, open days have changed. We're using virtual open days, things like that. And all the universities over there are doing virtual open days. And um, the UCAS website has a great um, feature on a call, Unibody. So every university has, has a Unibody or Unibodies, probably multiple of them, to answer any questions students have about the local area, things like that. Virtual open days, you can have a maximum of five courses. Look at the location, get a feel for the area, you know, do a bit of research is the main thing. Talk to the student ambassadors. Remember, some places are more expensive than others. There's so much choice, supply and demand. Some cities are built around universities, so they're designed towards them. But like, if you go to study in Dublin, it's expensive, so keep that in mind. If you go to study in central London, that's expensive. Keep all these things in mind. Cost, and they're always there to answer questions, you know, open days online, things like that. Brilliant. So research is the key thing, and, and looking at cost as well. Yes. So uh, next question, yes. uh, students... Uh, Common question, can figure out the entry requirements for the Irish Leave Insert? Uh, it can be a tricky one when you're looking at uh, UK universities. Is there a way yes. I can figure this out? There is. Um, look, UCAS website is amazing. Uh, you know, it's compared to what we're used to for the CEO, it's a really good in-depth um I suppose, website, they have a calculate my UCAS tariff points. Uh, if you go to um, study in the UK, you can apply, it'll give you your entry requirements. It might say tariff points or it might give you a specific grades you must get. Tariff points, a H1, you're talking about 36 points, a H2, 30 points and so on. And O1, about 12 points. There is a feature, Calculate My Tariff Points, where you put in your subjects, the levels you're doing um, in Ireland, and it calculates the points for you. So kind of like the CAO point system, it's given a numerical value. Um, in terms of if it gives you specific grades for a course or specific subjects you must do, you, you have to look at what it is they're looking for and it'll give you that in the entry requirements. For example, if I give you an example, don't forget, there's primary teaching in the University of Aberdeen. It's in Scotland. And it says on, its, on the UCAS entry requirements, it doesn't accept tariff points. So for A-levels, if you were studying in the UK, you must get three Bs. However, it says at Leave Insert, it's very specific. When you go into the entry requirements, it shows you on the web page, it's very specific what they require. They require a minimum of four subjects at higher level Leave Insert, at least a H2 and three H3s, okay? So you're talking in four subjects, 319 CAO points is what they're going for for this primary education course. It must come from a single sitting 
English must be one of the four grades. So English, you must get a H2 or a H3 at, and you must pass maths. It may be at ordinary level, but as long as you pass it, that's the important thing. So when it comes to UCAS, if it gives you tariff points, kind of like the CAO points, it's got a numerical value. You transfer it over, you calculate it over, or if it's specific, it'll give you the definites of what you require as an Irish student. Next question. So if I miss the 15th of January UCAS deadline, can I still apply for UCAS? Okay. The 15th January deadline is very important if you want equal consideration for all courses like every student. So if you miss the 15th of January deadline, can you still apply? They have the feature called Student Extra. On your UCAS application, you can put in five course options. We're used to in Ireland having your 10 level 8 and your 10 level 6 and 7, whereas there they're allowing you five options only. If you included the five choices on your application and you weren't accepted to them or you were declined for some of them, you're able to use the UCAS extra option. If you didn't use all your choices in your initial application, you can add another choice in if it's still available under the track section. When you're applying, they have track you can track the progress of your application and things like that. If you don't hold any offers and it's late on in the year, it's in July time, you're able to add additional courses then also using clearing. So the 15th of January is important if you want equal consideration, but courses that aren't necessarily filled or universities are re- being, um, giving you an extra opportunity, they will then let you know if you can or not. Brilliant. Is that all right? Yeah. When will I generally get an offer? So if you do hit the 15th of January deadline, when could you expect an offer from a college? Okay. The offers, they've slightly changed the offers this year. They're moving dates around because given the um, COVID-19 and all of that. So these dates are slightly changing every so often. Um, I suppose in your UCAS application, you follow your track. They give you specific dates. And these dates could be different from your friends, okay? Um, because it depends on when the universities let you know. Generally speaking, if you apply for the 15th of January deadline, the universities have until mid-May to let you know, okay? It was maybe, I think, around the 6th of May. They've now moved to the 20th of May that they'll let you know if you have an offer or not with them. They'll tell you it's either a conditional offer, an unconditional offer, or they'll decline you as an applicant. So do I want to apply for student finance? So a popular question again. I'm not sure if I should apply for student finance or not. Uh, what is the situation there, Kira? Okay. Um, there is so much choice in UK universities. Okay. And it's a great opportunity. However, it's very expensive. And that's something to keep in mind. For example, it's over 9,000 euro, give or take, if you want to go to England. Okay. Now, Scotland, Northern Ireland haven't confirmed their fees for 2021. Traditionally, it has been, um, I suppose, if you're an Irish student studying in Scotland, you're treated like a Scottish student. If you're an Irish student studying in England, the fees are applied as they are for an English student. We're waiting on official confirmation, hopefully before Christmas or even at least before the 15th January deadline to tell us about fees. It is expensive. Um, You can get loans, you can get tuition fee loans and you can get maintenance loans. And it's quite common in the UK to get that. There's loads of companies that offer them and you can shop around. If you were at school in the UK, you would be getting a lot of information into schools about, you know, banks and the student loans they offer. Um, The the tuition fee loans, they pay the cost of your course and repay. um, Once you earn over a certain amount, you then pay it back. Maintenance loans, 
they're paid at the end of each term or monthly, depending where you're going monthly if you're in Scotland. But it depends on your own financial situation. Remembering in the UK, like in Ireland, there's scholarships, there's bursaries, there's things like that. So if you're eligible for those things, make sure you get your name in the hat for those things as well. Does it make a difference what teacher I get my reference from? So, for example, if I want to study biology in the UK, should I get it from a biology teacher? What way should that work? Um, again, it's instrumental um, in getting an offer who you choose. Okay, The teacher really needs to know you and they need to know you well. They must, have been, they must be an educational professional who knows you. They need to know your skills, your qualities. And if I was asking for someone for a reference or when I'm recommending a student, I would always say, allow whoever's doing your reference to read your personal statement because they should complement each other. And that's important. They should know the courses you're applying for. Um, they, should, um, they can identify in theirs, they can identify, you know, if you've been impacted by maybe an illness or a bereavement or something like that, they can put that into their reference for you. Um, they can identify specific subject areas. So if you're applying for something in biology and the biology teacher knows you well, I would definitely be asking that biology teacher or your science teacher to make your reference for you because it'd be, it's, if there's extra strength in it if it's specific to subject areas. If there's a particular module or topic you've studied that's coming in under what it is you want to study, you're showing that it's relevant to the course, Okay. Now, it should be accurate and honest, but sometimes those who are doing references need to be reminded of everything we do and things like that. So whoever you're asking for a reference, let them know about you. Let them know everything you've done in case they don't know these things. Brilliant. So there's another option um, on the UCAS application is to link your account to a school account. So if there's a number of applications from a school, that there's generally a school account. Uh, is there, should a student set up and use buzzword to join the school account or should they set up on their own? What would your advice be there? Um, I suppose by linking your application to school by using a buzzword for me is something I would recommend. If an applicant is registered as an individual, um, it's easy to um, to uh, get uh, get access from a school perspective. It's better if you link your application to the school. The schools agree to approve your application, to forward everything, to attach references, to send your application, and to make sure all sections are complete. If the school offers to do it, I would recommend they're taking some of the heavy load off you. You have a lot to do writing a personal statement, all of that. The school are kind of taking the lead a bit it's still your responsibility but they're taking the lead and they're helping you with it and they're approving things like that so I would recommend it uh, So Kerry, you mentioned clearing earlier on there can you tell us a bit about what clearing is? Okay Clearing is how the universities and colleges fill any spaces that they have on their courses. Kind of like available places in Ireland, if that makes sense. Um, if you're applying after 30th of June, you don't have any offers or none that you want to accept or you don't meet the conditions of offers, you can, or you've been declined from your firm place, you use the clearing option to find a course that is still available that you're interested in. Now, when it gets to that stage, you have two options. You have the simple clearing where it browses over the 30,000 courses that were there to see what's still available. And you can browse those and find out the available to see what vacancies are there. Or they have the option of clearing plus on the UCAS website. And that's where the website has looked at what kind of courses you've applied and they're finding similar courses matched to your application in the UCAS track that might suit you. So it's kind of at matching the student with the course. It's just giving you maybe options you haven't thought of. 
Um, so a few questions on the personal statement then. What should I put in my personal statement? What are admissions officers looking for? Okay. Personal statement, you're talking about 4,000 characters. They don't give word length, they give 47 lines. There's a very specific space given for your personal statement. What you're trying to get across is what makes me the ideal candidate. It's all about you. It should take several drafts. It's worth spending time on. If you're applying for a course, look at the course descriptors, identify the quality, skills, experience, experience needed, achievements. What is it that would make you a good candidate for this course? If um, you're filling out a personal statement, I always tell the students, what work experience did you do in LCBP, in TY? What is relevant to the course you're doing? Um, And that's where it's important that you do try and get experience, if you can, in the area that you're hoping to go into. If you've uh, done any volunteering, um, any higher education taster day courses or, you know, DCU talent search, you know, all those kind of things for high achievers, that if you have anything relevant, you should put that into your personal statement. Um, Be careful with exaggeration, though, because for a lot of UCAS courses, you are being interviewed for And the minute you exaggerate or tell something, you don't want to be caught out at an interview that you've been bending the truth as opposed to lying. And therefore, it weakens your statement. Admissions officers, they're they're checking for plagiarism. Don't just copy and paste a personal statement from online. Once the personal statement sent in, they check it to see have they received something similar to this before. So they don't want to see um, the same one coming in again because then they know you're not a genuine person looking for a place. They want to see knowledge of course modules, things like that. You're telling them why you're suitable to study there. And I suppose they just want to see why you're suited to that course, why you want to study at their university or their college, what makes you good for them. Yeah, I often tell uh, Irish students that if they've done transition year, it should be a big selling point as part of your personal statement. Yeah, definitely. So another really popular question. This is a difficult one. Um, How do I start my personal statement? It's always a tricky one for students. It's like anything, once you get going... It's getting those first bits. Avoid the cliches. Avoid anything that's not, you know, as a, I suppose as a teacher, you know that when you read something, it's not genuine. Start with enthusiasm. Within the first, you know, common feedback from the missions officer is that within the first couple of lines, they should know the course or the type of course that you're applying for. It should scream out from the page. Be specific the whole way through it. They're looking for someone who has a real interest in the course. They want you there because you you know what you're you know what you're about, you know what you're interested in and things like that. So it'd be really important that be be specific, be definite, be, you know, tell them why you suit that. And Kira, how do I write a personal statement for two different courses? So say if they're completely different, say I want to do a science course in a couple of colleges and I want to do business in, in a couple of other colleges. How do I write a personal statement for that? Okay. If you write a personal statement, don't, and it's for two different courses, don't mention the college or uni because you're putting, say for example, you use your five places and you put your five places down. If you mention, like I said earlier, but the University of Aberdeen, Another university wouldn't like to think that you're not their first choice. Okay, so don't put the name of the college or uni down. Look at the courses. If it's two different um, fields that you want or considering studying, look at the courses. Are there similar skills that are required? See what the courses might have in common and use that. You know, 
mention your academic interests, your skills, if there's something maybe specific in the, if it's business that you did in business class, you know, that you find very interesting, or if you did a young mini company, things like that, that you might include in that. Another thing of what some of the admissions officers have been saying and giving the feedback to us is be honest, say why you're choosing two different courses, you know, tell them, be honest, you know, we're human, we are, you're 17, 18, 19 years of age, you might be slightly in two minds, that's normal and be honest as well if you feel that's the best way for you. Kira Campbell, that was excellent, that was certainly quick fire questions and you did a brilliant job on it, well done. Thanks very much, Donica. And we'll talk to you soon. We'll definitely have you on the podcast again soon. Really appreciate that, Kira. Okay, look after yourself. Thanks very much, Donica. Bye-bye.